Chris Cottrell with Winston and Strong. Thank you very much for joining us. A few reasons to talk today. One is about the M&A activity, the merger and acquisition activity in the first quarter of 2019. Uh, the other one is to talk about probably the lead. So we'll start with that a little bit about the Chevron Anadarko. Is it a merger? Is it a buyout? I think it's a buyout, right? Chevron's buying Anadarko. It's not a merger. Um, maybe it, maybe I'll tell you what, that's why we are bringing in Chris Cottrell. He's the expert in this. I'm just the guy that knows about, oh, 5%. So I need to know, know a little bit more. So how are you doing today? Doing great. Excited so, to uh, be on the show and I, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Talk to me about Chevron Anadarko. Talk to, that's, that's a buyout, right? Yeah. They're actually merging together. Um, so at the end, end of all this, um, you know, Andarco will be effectively merged into Chevron. Okay, all right. So then they're going to just be um, one big company. I mean, I just talked to a gentleman down in the Permian, and we talked about this very, very briefly. Jim Beck, he's the chairman of the Texas Energy Star Alliance, and one of the things he mentioned um, that he heard was a big reason for this this um, merger of Chevron Anadarko is the uh, Permian assets. Is, are, are you hearing anything along those lines that those Permian assets assets were a big part of this? You know, I I did hear the exact same thing. Um, you know, my my response to that would be that that at the end of the December, uh, we had the big players had an opportunity to buy out another huge player in the in the region, uh, they, and they go by the name of Endeavor, Endeavor Resources. So. You know, they, they had an opportunity to buy Endeavor, um, had a huge core position, and that did not come to fruition. So I think uh, that may have played a, a small part of the deal, but it's not the sole reason why the deal is going to happen. So this is going to probably impact the industry a little bit, I'd imagine. Um, is there any thoughts on speculation or... I guess just based on history, some things that are going to impact the industry in any way. Any companies, you know, that are subsidiary companies or anything like that or midstream companies that, oh, geez, now do we got to go through and redo all of our pitches and meetings? You know what I mean? Just what kind of ripple is this going to have? Well, it's certainly going to going to create a lot of opportunity uh, for, for folks that had midstream gathering agreements with Chevron and uh, to the extent that there's acreage that Andarco owns or has that has not been committed to, to midstream. You know, I anticipate that those uh, companies will have an opportunity to bid um, on that commodity and, and try to get into their midstream assets. You, you hear a lot of talk about um, Andarco being a very innovative company. Um, they've been in, uh, really at the forefront of you know, innovation, technology, working with smaller tech companies to try to, you know, create new technology. And so you do hear uh, some folks that are concerned about, you know, whether or not Chevron's going to continue uh, to do that. So, you know, there's, I think there's good and bad news, um, hopefully more good than bad. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, Chevron can, can learn a few things from Andarco. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of the, what was it? Shell and BG, I think, was the company, that big $82 billion buyout uh, 
oh, four or five years ago. And that that doesn't seem to be the case in this thing in terms of, uh, I think that BG company was an LNG company and Shell was looking more to get into that industry, it, it seemed like back then, to become the big global LNG powerhouse that you know they, they are now. Um, is there any indication that... Um, this was a big strategic buy in terms of I don't know. Is there a renewable? Is there a LNG? Do you know what I mean? Is there is there something more to the story that you know we might see in a year that is you know some secret sauce that we don't know about type of a thing? Because this is a big deal, and it just seems like it. There's there's more to it than just a couple big companies coming together. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a good point. So you know, there's some things that that people may not be talking about. So. So there's some assets that Andarco has kind of overseas in the deep water Gulf that uh, I think, you know, as soon as, they're very diversified as far as their portfolio. And so, yeah, the Permian's a big splash, and we all know about the Permian. But these other assets are sitting out there, and I think, you know, Chevron's well p- positioned to capitalize on the location of those assets, you know, deploy their their uh, knowledge, their know-how to get out there and produce these assets. So I anticipate that, you know, Chevron has the, the capital to develop these assets. And in the near term, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully see a lot more development on those assets than, than maybe Anadarko did. You know, and some of this could be, too, that uh, Chevron's just trying to keep up with the Joneses and become a major super major again. And now what are they? They went from like fourth to second, right? And so that's, um, you know, sometimes that's what companies do, too. They just spend because they got to spend. I I don't think that's the case, but, you know, I suppose they might get a little criticism for that, that they're just, you know, trying to be a big dog to be a big dog. I think there's more to it, but um, it's definitely going to impact the industry outside of this merger uh or outside of this this activity how, how's the first quarter looked you mentioned that it's um probably not as active as some might think huh yeah so so surprisingly enough the first quarter of 2019 you know got got hit by the low pricing at the end of 2018 so basically the overall energy sector saw a drop in m&a activity to around the 50 percent range and shockingly, the upstream energy sector, um, so all the, all the companies that, uh, you know, drill and develop wells, um, their deal flow is down in the lower 90% range. And it's the lowest uh, activity level in about 10 years. So we're, we're hoping that, you know, that this announcement and the fact that the stock, the stock of Chevron, you know, has reacted somewhat well to the news. Um, they are down, you know, about 5%, but at the end of the day, it's not anywhere, you know, it's not catastrophic like we've seen with the other attempted mergers. Um, so I think it's a good sign for the overall industry. I think the market's looking at this uh, as a positive thing, as they should. And I, I hope that it's a kind of the, the steroid shot that the industry needs to, to pick things up in 2019. Well, I know this was kind of predicted that the first quarter would not be very active. And then as the quarters progressed, you'd see more activity. And of course, 
Donald Trump was recently in Texas, down in Crosby, Texas, signed some executive orders to uh, expedite and streamline some pipelines, which is going to only increase a lot of the energy supply down there because the Permian is both a hub and a bottleneck. That's it's 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 in a real unique position because you you still have pipelines from the north flowing down to the south to either get to um, Corpus Christi or Lake Charles or some other areas, some other refineries down in down in the Houston um, Corpus Christi area. But you got you have to get it down to the Gulf is what I'm getting at. And so the Permian because they have so much already going on, they not only are a hub but are a bottleneck. So. I think as we see some of these pipelines come on and uh, just some of the activity going, I would think that the second, third, and fourth quarter are just going to pick up from that momentum as well. And you mentioned the first quarter activity was down a little bit because of pricing. Um, am I reading the tea leaves right on this? Yeah, I think you're you're exactly right. I think I think the midstream, you know, assets are coming that are coming online as the bottleneck relieves. Uh, I think. People will, you know, jump right back in, um, and hopefully, we see some some more consolidation in the in the Midland, you know, Delaware basins. You know, the other thing, I think the industry is finally coming around to the the understanding that they need to get the oil supply balanced, and so you're, we're seeing, you know, additional capital investments in the, the downstream sector, in the refining sector, and I think that we're getting better at uh, exporting. So I know enterprise is, is a big part of uh, the export story down in the Gulf um, in, the, in the Houston Ship Channel for us. And so, uh, you know, I anticipate other players coming in and kind of trying to get that supply to the right markets and hopefully that, that you know, us, us getting better at getting you know, the oil and gas to the right markets helps level off, you know, the, the price swings that we've seen recently. Now, I know you're getting a little bit more involved with the oil and gas uh, in your day-to-day uh, as well. Uh, professionally, talk to me about what you're up to in terms of uh, go ahead, give your business a plug and uh, talk to me about how the oil and gas world seems to be consuming you these days. Yeah, so we're we're really excited to announce that the uh, you know Jimmy Valley, who's a, the head of our energy M and A uh, team, left Paul Hastings, and we all went with him, and we joined the firm called Winston and Strawn. Um, they've been around the Houston market for a long time. They are you know have historically been known for their IP and litigation and um, have recently started to invest more on, on the transactional energy side. And so our, t- our team uh, has arrived here. I got here on Wednesday of last week, and uh, I think that our last team member got here on Thursday. So here we are on Monday from a brand-new office, uh, really excited about you know this firm's commitment to the energy sector. And you know I think the, the future is incredibly bright. Um, not only for our firm, but the the other firms here in town. Well, talk to me about who who's who's your customer, who you're looking for. I mean, you know, we just talked a little M and A activity, merger and acquisition. 
that sort of thing. So we don't want to confuse anybody. Just uh, talk, <laughs> you know, because, you know, you, you, you do know about quite a few different things. But talk to me about who your customer is and who you're looking to pick up now with your company there. So we're really focused on, on you know, two different uh, aspects of the business. Really, um, the private equity-backed teams, the private equity-backed uh, management teams that are, are, are being funded and buying and selling uh, assets. So that, you know, some people, you know, call that the A&D side of the business, but it's really buying and selling assets, not really you know, merging companies together. So that's one aspect that we're really focused on. And we're, we're focused on the upstream and midstream piece on that. You know, that, that's that been incredibly active um, throughout the last few years. And so I, I anticipate we'll, we'll continue to service that side of the business and, and hopefully grow it. Um, and obviously the more traditional, you know, M&A, what, what you think of when, when you read about Andarco and Chevron, um, you know, these, these bigger publicly traded companies uh, buying and selling uh, each other, you know, or the M&A in that, in that term, um, you know, we'll continue to grow with that. So the, this group, we, we came in, they, they're very active. They have a strong oil field services group. Um, and so, uh, you know, we hope to add on and, and, you know, get to know their clients better and, and see kind of where we can add value to their, you know, Winston Strong's existing clients. What do you see for next quarter? Uh, obviously, it's going to increase a little bit, but um, is there anything on the books that uh, people should keep an eye on in terms of just, yeah, I don't know, different investments, that sort of thing? I was just kind of, that Permian has really got me wondering. You know, I, I read something a few years ago that, 70% of the shale activity is going to come out of the Permian over the next 70 years or next 30 years. And then I just saw with Chevron, Anadarko, I don't know, just I'm trying to read the tea leaves again here. And, and some of the things that are happening down the Permian, it just seems like as soon as certain things come online, it's just, it's going to explode. It's just going to explode um, because, you know, a lot of what's going on down there is they're just drilling and they're capping those ducks. They're just doing that. And that happened up in the Bakken too. And all of a sudden price point hits a certain point and then boom, it just takes off like gangbusters again and stuff. So um, anyway, I don't know. That's just, that's, that's my backdoor way of trying to speculate. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, you know, if you, if you want to talk about the speculators, there's a lot of, people looking at kind of, you know, mid-sized to smaller cap Permian publicly traded companies okay. in hopes that they're kind of the next target. That's that's what I'm kind of looking at. What's that next step exactly? And so those kind of small to mid-sized ones would make sense, especially after a big dog like that is done. I remember a few years ago when the Baker Hughes uh, Halliburton thing happened that it never had it never went through but after all that news happened is you're right that's when all the mid and smaller companies then they started having the m&a activity too didn't they was am, am i remembering that right did that kind of seem how that happened in terms of the the signals and the trends i mean yeah historically the last couple of years um that sector has been very m&a active um really because they 
you know, they've got a lot of downward pressure on pricing. And so as yeah. margins get smaller, um, you know, that you kind of need somebody who has more scale. They're able to absorb those kind of, you know, the diversity in their revenue to absorb those kind of smaller margins. And so really it's it's been more about, you know, trying to trying to stay alive through the last, you know, two or three years. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was definitely a signal in the market um, that, that M&A activity would begin to increase. You know, as soon as the, as soon as the big guys um, start doing things, usually that's a good sign for the rest of the, rest of the market. Yeah. And it, it always has a ripple through, always has a ripple through top to the bottom. It just seems like it, you know, it rolls downhill and there's a bunch of different words you can put in front of it. So, um, just kind of wrap it up here a little bit. Anything we, um, missed on anything we need to reiterate any chili cooking recipes, that sort of thing. Kind of final thoughts here for you a little bit, make sure you give yourself another plug for for your new, um, your new office digs over there. So that that way people can, contact you if they got any questions yeah so the the new firm is called winston and strong our websites uh www.winston.com uh obviously located in downtown houston but we're you know happy to to you know talk and to any of your listeners and, and see how how we can help your clients um you know there's been a, a few deals in the first quarter that have, have fallen through or, or have canceled. Uh, you know, I guess one thing that I'm really excited about is the mineral, the mineral and royalty space of, of the energy industry. Uh, we saw the IPO at Brigham, and I'm not sure if it's happened yet or, or if they're about to start, you know, do the IPO. But Brigham Minerals uh, is real active. They just announced. So I anticipate, hopefully, we see a few more IPOs, and you know, I'd, I'd love, you know, our, of course, our firm uh, helped do the Falcon Minerals deal uh, when we were at Paul Hastings, and so I, I think that we're going to be a big part of that royalty and mineral uh, story going forward, and I, I hope that we see some more IPOs uh, in 2019. 